1: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
2: Sex with Jaya is brought to you by Aloe Kadabra. Aloe Kadabra is 95% organic aloe vera. Visit www.allocadabra.com today. Step inside the sensual world of sex with Jaya. This hour will bring you sex education like you've never heard before. It's uncensored, no holes barred advice to increase your sexual knowledge and performance. Now, here's your host, Jaya.
3: I'm ready for sex with Jaya. Are you? I am ready for some sex with Jaya. Although. Yeah, but
0: I'm moody today.
3: Jaya's moody and considering celibacy. So I don't know if I'm
0: going to get it. It's true. Oh, I don't know why I'm moody today. Maybe it's wherever I am on my cycle. You know, many people don't even understand or have the knowledge of hormones and how they can really, like, run our lives. So today we're going to educate you about how female cycles affect libido, desire, and pleasure. Mm. Most couples don't understand the biology of sex. In fact, most sex educators don't even understand it, but my guest Sherry Winston, author of Women's Anatomy of Arousal, does. And she's going to help you understand your female monthly cycles or your partner's monthly cycles, how they affect libido, desire and pleasure.
3: Well, I must be getting uh, a period every other every week, every other week now, myself.
0: Y- you are you're having male male cycles, male menstrual cycles. Without maybe <laughs> do you love, Maybe you should ask Sherry about that.
3: I will. Maybe where's
0: men the, have a cycles, too. I know men have cycles, too. And I'm sure that, uh, that that we have a lot to say on that.
3: He, okay. Well, I can't wait to be informed about it.
0: Okay. We'll have to share a little bit. Even though this is about female cycles, we'll have to sneak in something about men. I hope so. For all you guys out there listening.
3: Because we get grumpy, do, too.
0: Do you know what the best times of the month to have sex are? Do you
3: love? Um. (laughs) Uh, Every time of the month? (laughs) Well,
0: we're going to share some nitty-gritty information on how to know you and your partner's own cycles, your own cycles, and the common mistakes people make when it comes to sexual techniques and arousal and how to optimize your sexual pleasure, like knowing when the best time of the month is. Hmm. Think about, here, I'll give you all a hint, and I'll let Sherry answer this question, but I'll give you all a hint that it has something to do with getting pregnant.
3: Right, yeah, ovulation. There.
0: <laughs> so that, that's a big hint. I kind of so, gave it away there.
3: But that's, a, that's sort of a tricky thing to get into because that, that could be the best time of the month or the worst time of the month to be having sex. Well,
0: worse because you don't want to get the person pregnant.
3: If that yes, if you're trying to avoid making babies. Right. Makes total sense. Obviously, the woman is going to want to get it while ovulating. Yes. Yes,
0: yes, yes. yes. We want it while we're ovulating. We want to fertilize that egg. Yes, sex does have something to do with making babies.
3: It does. Weird. (sighs)
0: So I've been doing a lot of research on hormones and sex for about four years now. I'd love to share with you some of my favorite books. People ask me a lot, like, what are your top ten books? What are your favorite books? So here are my three favorite books for um, hormones and sort of understanding female cycles, of course, in addition to Sherry's books, and she's my guest today, but she gets the spotlight today, so I'll give these three books the spotlight right now. Um, the Female Brain by Luanne Brizendine. She's an MD. Um, that's one. The Alchemy of Love and Lust by Teresa Crenshaw, MD, and I have to say this one is really fascinating. If you're a sex geek like me and you really want to understand how hormones affect your sex life, that is a really good read. I'd love to have Teresa on, but she's no longer with us, so I didn't. I missed that opportunity. Mm. But that's a great book, The Alchemy of Love and Lust. And then um, The Anatomy of Love by Helen Fisher. I really like Helen Fisher's work. She has a number of books, Why Him, Why Her. That's another really good one where you can kind of do like personality types based on your major hormo- hormonal um, typing. And that one's really fun. But Crenshaw talks about hormones in terms of our sexuality, saying like testosterone is your active sex drive, and estrogen is your receptive sex drive, whereas progesterone is your reverse sex drive. I like that <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because you know like testosterone we and I like that she doesn 't say like men are the active sex drive; she bases it on the hormones because they can change in flux, and you know there 's a whole spectrum of gender out there, so you know, testosterone being really your active sex drive, and I can't tell you how many stories I've heard about, especially people who are like either men who've gotten older and their testosterone dips, and then they start taking replacement, and what happens, and then also um, like people who are female and they're moving into being a male, like doing a sex change, and how as soon as they get that testosterone, everything changes. So that is always I love those stories about how life just gets more alive. Oh, I just also finished this book, great book, and I'm going to put it on my top ten list, which is Sex at Dawn. And they also talk about this, and they're like testosterone just being like, especially for men, is like their life force. I know you've been going through kind of a testosterone dip,
3: Mr. Love. If that's what it is. I've had no hormone testing, but that might be the cycle because I just I feel skitzy with my moods in the last many months
0: hmm like feeling kind of like down and then getting really like manic, kind of excited.
3: Inspired and then just being like, oh, what's yep. the whole point? And then um, we've talked a little about the possibility of postpartum depression for men. Right, for men. Yeah, we do our? have a little one at home, so that,
0: that might have a lot to do with it.
3: And that affects our hormone cycles as well. Yep. In terms of bonding with the child and um, also just fatigue and all that wonderful stuff.
0: Yes, yes, yes. There's so many factors to play into account with these different cycles and our hormones. Um, And not to also, you know, you could have high, higher estrogen too, because like a baby sometimes stimulates a a man's estrogen. Yeah, totally. So you're more receptive right now, which is that receptive sex drive of like maybe I should get more testosterone going and just like start being more active, and then you can be receptive. Yeah. Just as long as we don't get progesterone in the mix and start just reversing our sex drives,
3: which means it's the negative, like we, we don't just want it at all, yeah, mm.
0: sort of like progesterone not only does that but it also like makes you less sensitive to sex mm. like like sexual stimulation
3: right. So we all
0: go through hormonal cycles we go through daily cycles we go through monthly cycles we go through yearly cycles all over our lifetimes and they play this huge role in our sex lives relationships and health like did you know that certain hormones can even dampen your response to sexual stimulation i was just talking about this and um progesterone is one of them it can literally take the sensation out of your pleasure so guys if you're wondering why one day a certain technique is just like sending her soaring like through the roof she's having the best orgasm ever and then you try it again and it doesn't work well you might be able to blame the hormones because it could be something where all of a sudden she's got like this major spike in progesterone and her sensitivity level has changed so she's not sensitive to to it the way that she was before
3: So is this another thing to be victims to something, being victims to our hormones?
0: No, I don't think so at all. That's a really good question, D-Love, because I, you know, it's like, it's like not like we can just be like, well, I'm treating you like shit today. Sorry, partner. You just have to deal with it because it's my hormones.
3: Mm -hmm. We (laughs) hear that a lot.
0: Yeah. You know, it's like, it's not like I'm blaming it on my hormones so I can act awful anyway. It's more like, okay, I'm aware of this. I'm like, I I was in a really poopy-poop. I'll just. Call it, you know, a few weeks ago. And, you know, I could have treated everybody like crap around me and through fits and whatever. But instead, I was like, okay, I'm aware that this is probably a hormonal thing. And the, I have another, a couple other things going on, like exhaustion. And I have some needs that aren't getting met. So what can I look at? Like, what are my solutions? What are things that I can do to either, you know, boost something, get the rest that I need, do something so that I'm not stuck in a funk? and not blame it. Again, it's like not being a victim to it and not using your hormones to blame, you know, your actions, right. but to be more aware and have the knowledge that that might be what's going on.
3: Yeah, having the knowledge, I mean, it's pretty intense stuff. Like so many of the women I've been in a relationship with, all of a sudden they're angry at the top of a hat or they're moody or they're depressed or they're sad and just totally surprised when they realize, like, oh, right, I'm about to have my period.
0: Right.
3: <laughs> so that thing of, of awareness and having the ability to even know that you're going into a, a cycle dip.
0: Right, and th- that there are things at play. You know, like I, I hit it every month, it's really weird, where I know this stuff, but still I'm like, why am I so moody? Why yeah. don't I feel good? Why am I so bloated? Mm. Blah, blah, blah. There's that, literally, like, hormones can make you feel fat. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> Make you feel unattractive and feel fat, and even there are studies done Teresa Crenshaw talks about in our book where there are certain hormones that can make your partner not even attracted to you during right. certain parts of your cycle, where your partner's like turned off by your pheromones and everything. So that's really interesting. And
3: is there a cumulative thing throughout the course of a relationship where people you know talk about how the, the spark has died?
0: Uh, right, a lot of the pheromones—you get used to it. You know, there's all kinds of things. Dopamine is a hormone that you know I could go on and on about, which is like kind of like heroin in the in the body that can you know it stops getting produced when you're with the same partner for a while. PEA—I mean, I can go on and on and on about that topic, D love. That's a whole topic for another show.
3: All right, I'll shut up then.
0: Keeping it hot and hormones. No, you don't have to shut up. I like your question. I <laughs> won't. Mm. I won't be grumpy with you. My hormones are happy right now. Are they? Yeah. Even after having a baby when women's hormones can be all over the place, and I know I have been all over the place after having my baby, but this particular cycle in life can affect your ability to lubricate, to get aroused, to even have turn on in the first place. Yeah. And this can be due to breastfeeding, during which your body produces a lot of prolactin, and that hormone can also inhibit your sex drive. So you know you get you get prolactin and progesterone together mm-hmm. postpartum. Uh, I like all those p's: prolactin, progesterone, postpartum, and you're pooped. And you're <laughs> <laughs> trying to come up with another p. <laughs> um, you know, your sex life is just kind of like you know not not happening. Yeah. But being aware of it can really help and having a plan, you know, for, for what you're going to do and how you can help boost things and uh, work with them and embrace your hormones and then to know that it's natural for these cycles to be happening and how do you honor those cycles. So when we can pay attention to them and the monthly cycles and the hormones, we can start not only to work with them but be easier on ourselves and our partners. Like, honey, I'm grumpy. It's not me. It's not you. It's just where I'm at right now, yeah. and that's okay, or we can work to change it.
3: And men, you know, you can be aware that if all of a sudden you're ha- having to walk on eggshells, that there might be something else at play, and if uh, and and it might not even be appropriate, depending on how your partner handles such things, to say such a thing as, "Oh, you're just on your period." Definitely being disrespectful. Right? At that no, moment, don't say that to us. Not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just your period it's you're just hormonal you're just hormonal you're such a. you're just a woman,
0: yeah, no, there can be genuine- genuine needs there at hand and genuine things to communicate about and to be a compassionate listener. So for the guys out there listening, you know, how do you deal with all this wacky female stuff?
3: Plan a vacation you... every month <laughs> mens <journey>. ha
0: ha, <laughs> ha, ha do you love you're funny. Oh, dear. So when we come back, we're going to talk with Ms. Sherry Winston, award-winning author of Women's Anatomy of Arousal, and she's going to share with us all of her nitty-gritty tips about these cycles and what are they and how do we work with them and how do they affect us. More Sexagia when we return.
2: stimulating talk it gets those
4: synapses in the brain firing really fast
2: all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com
4: let's say you're female let's say you're over 50 let's say your partner takes a little blue pill let's say he's ready to go maybe four hours let's say that's unfair there's no little blue pill for women but there is Aloe cadabra the first personal lubricant that's made from 95 percent organic aloe so it's as natural as nature which means it naturally does for your body what your body may no longer naturally do for itself. We're not saying that it will last four hours, but if you're lucky, neither will he. Kadabra, Feel the magic happen.
2: Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Sex with Jaya. To ask the burning questions you've always wanted to ask, or share a tip or comment of your own, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Feeling shy? Send an email to Jaya at MissJaya.com, that's J-A-I-Y-A at MissJaya.com. Now back to Sex with Jaya.
0: For those of you who haven't checked out the yummy and 95% organic Aloe cadabra, go to alokadabra.com, use coupon code Jaya. that's J-A-I-Y-A, for 20% off. And shipping is free when you buy three. Or you can check out Aloe cadabra nationwide at any one of Vitamin Shop's 490 locations at Whole Foods in Southern California or at Sprouts if you live in Arizona, Denver, or California. And we're back with Miss Sherry Winston on the line. She's the author of the award-winning book *Women's Anatomy of Arousal* and the founder of the Center for Intimate Arts.
1: Hello, Miss Sherry. Hello, Miss Jaya. Hey, dear love.
0: Hello. It's me
1: back.
0: <laughs> we are so excited to have you back on the show, and I'm really excited about this topic. And um, you know, there's part of your book that talks about this, but. Can you tell, share with our audience a little bit about the different hormonal changes that a woman might experience throughout her monthly cycle, or what are the, the cycles? I know that you have them in
1: your book, but but shed the light here. Well, let's make it really easy for people. So what happens a lot when people are talking about the female cycle is there's a lot of talk about hormones, and and for us, as we were saying in in the break, us. Um, anatomy and technology of the body kind of geeky people that's really interesting but most people their eyes are going to glaze over so let's just forget the hormones for a moment and think about the woman's body and the woman's cycle in terms of the cycles of the moon because we actually used to be tuned to the moon cycle that's why they're both the same amount of time and it gives us a really simple model to understand how women are at different times of the month so let's start with when we're bleeding and we were uh, originally when we were in tune with the moon we would bleed when the moon was dark so the dark moon was the darkest time and that's when we would be bleeding but then the next night you get the sliver of moon coming back and so As we go through our bleeding time, the light is coming back. And as we get to ovulation, which is usually around mid-cycle, so halfway between one period and the next, is when we ovulate. And, again, if we didn't have artificial light and we lived more natural lives, we would ovulate with the full moon. And it's really easy to remember because the full moon is like a big, round juicy egg ready to get fertilized.
0: Mm-hmm. and I love that analogy.
1: Yeah, and it makes it really easy to remember. And it makes sense because the full moon is when everything is at that peak. Mm-hmm. And then once we've ovulated, once the moon is past full, it starts getting darker and darker and darker. And so in that first half of our cycle, which we can think of as the, waning, the, the waxing part of our cycle, when we're going from bleeding, from letting go, from letting go of the cycle before, from letting go of what didn't work, of letting go of the baby we didn't make or the, whatever in our lives we didn't create in that last cycle. When we're in that dark bleeding time, it's our time to go all the way inside and let it all go. And that's why when we're bleeding, we also might cry a lot and feel more emotional because we're in that releasing and letting go place. Mm. Then as we move through that first half of our cycle, as we move towards ovulation, as the light comes back, as it gets brighter and brighter, that's the part of our cycle where we start getting more and more energy. We become more and more outgoing. And from a a reproductive energy point of view, we're looking outside for our mate. We're looking for a nice juicy man to come along and fertilize our egg. Remember, this is about energy, not necessarily about making actual babies. But when we get to that fertile part of our cycle, the five days leading up to the full moon of ovulation, that's the part of our cycle when we're most outgoing, most extroverted, we wanna go out, we wanna be social, And our energy is usually highest, and that's usually also when we have a peak of our libido, which makes sense from a biological point of view that we should want to make babies at that point of our cycle when we're most fertile. Mm -hmm. So that's the time when we're also most attractive to men, when we're at that fertile phase. And then the, the full moon comes the ovulation comes and then it goes. And if we we didn't make a baby then we're we're starting to go from that outward phase where our energy goes out and up and everything starts turning inward. And each day as we go through that second half of our cycle we turn more inward. And that's also why that point of our cycle right before our period, the time that people think of as PMS, where we can get kind of cranky and our partners are going, what's going on? That's the phase of our cycle when we're looking inside. And that's why we might start bitching about our relationship it's not that the issue hasn't been there but this is the time of our cycle where we're looking in and we're questioning what's not working we're really sensitive we're we're delicate at that part of our cycle both physically energetically and emotionally and so once again we get darker and darker we go in 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 and then, hallelujah, we bleed and we release and we start the cycle all over again. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a much more useful model for most people to think about. There's the first part of our cycle where, uh, where we bleed, we let go, and then our energy goes up and out and into attracting and creating. And then the second part of our cycle where energy starts moving in and in and in and we start looking. At, in in much more um, um, delicate way, in a much more refined way, in a much more sensitive way, at what's going on, what's working, and what's not working. So mm-hmm. that's hopefully a, a useful model for people to understand where we are and why we're so different at different times of that cycle.
0: Do you love, I keep seeing the full moon, you know how you have your whole thing about if women are ovulating, you wish they would howl, like cats oh. and stuff and heat. <laughs> And now I, th- I start thinking if we didn't have artificial light and full moons, and I think of coyotes because we have coyotes where we live right now, and I just imagined, Sherry, all these women at the full moon, like running outside and howling. <laughs> to her, yeah. Come get us. We're ovulating. Uh, uh You know, I wonder, Sherry, too, do men have these same cycles? D-Love was asking about this earlier. He's like, I think I'm going through something. I think I'm going through my period.
1: Um, do men have similar cycles? Well, when they live with us, they tend to get tuned to our cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they live by themselves or with other men, they're more—you can think of them as being solar, like the sun—and it's much more steady. And they're pretty much the same day to day, relatively speaking. Obviously, there are life changes and, and stresses. But but when they live with us, they start attuning to our cycles. The same way when we're with other women, we start our cycles start attuning to each other. Mm-hmm. So they do um they do have cycles and the more they're around us, uh, the more they're gonna feel that. The more they're gonna get connected to that uh to those shifts and that energy. When oh, I just, so to say one, you of other just things. one one quick thing. D love you were talking about um wanting a vacation at a certain time of the month. Uh-huh. <laughs> It's a good idea. It's just you've got the wrong person to have the vacation. We're the ones who should have the vacation.
3: Oh, okay. <laughs> send you away with uh, to a spa.
0: Yeah, it's like the red tent thing, you know, like all the women go to the
1: red tent and have their songs and their time and all that kind of stuff. Well, in traditional cultures the world over, when women were on their bleeding time, which women would all be on at the same time, women always did leave. Their, um, their regular jobs and duties and responsibilities and the, the, um, the younger women who weren't bleeding yet, the crones who were past bleeding um, and the men would be responsible for the kids and those daily tasks and the bleeding women would all have a vacation. They would all get to go off and be in their bleeding hut or their red tent or whatever Um, the different cultures had, but they always had this. And, And here's the thing that the Native American tribes recognized. They felt that when women were at that time of the month when they were bleeding was when they were most spiritually powerful, and that's when they could get the biggest visions, not just for themselves or even for their tribe, but for the whole planet. And so it was very important spiritual work for women to go off and have that time um, apart from their regular responsibilities. Um, so I'm not kidding when I say we should take a vacation um around that time of the month. We should Oh that would be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Sherry, let's start a revolution. The women's vacation.
0: Well the, the monthly women's tent, vacation.
1: That red tent movement has been catching on and so there's a lot of places where women are doing that. But you know, we can create that in our own lives. I I've always um In my house, I have a a moon calendar um, where I I fill in the moons with, you know, red during my bleeding time. So my husband and my son, anytime they wanted to see where I was in my cycle, it was right up there by our, our regular calendar so they would know where I was in my cycle. And then on the first day of my cycle, if possible... I would take the day off or at least a couple hours of the day off, and I would never cook or clean on the first day of my bleeding. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would do something similar. I was doing a lot of Ayurvedic um, health stuff around my, my female cycles,
3: mm-hmm. and on
0: the 14th day of my cycle, I would do a cleanse, like, like during ovulation, and then on mm. the first day of bleeding, first and second day, I would always take off, and that was so fantastic when I was doing that. I lived in an amazing place where I was able to just relax and enjoy and be with myself so that was Mm -hmm. like that turning in time i think that's really important to honor Mm -hmm. So when we come back we're going to get sexy and we're going to start talking about how these things really affect sexual desire libido and and physically like how they affect our bodies our lubrication our sensation and um different techniques and things that you can do throughout the month to really honor these times and enhance your sexuality more lots more yummy, beautiful Sex with Jaya and Sherry Winston and D Love when we come back.
2: News. Opinion. Can you hear me? Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787 472 5787 VoiceAmerica.com but are said to keep you youthful and glowing. Both of you will be inspired to try the best positions for comfort and pleasure as you make love with your mouths. Watch now at www.oralsexforcouples.com.
4: Let's say you're female. Let's say you're over 50. Let's say your partner takes a little blue pill. Let's say he's ready to go maybe four hours. Let's say that's unfair. There's no little blue pill for women there is aloe cadabra the first personal lubricant that's made from 95 percent organic aloe so it's as natural as nature which means it naturally does for your body what your body may no longer naturally do for itself we're not saying that it will last four hours but if you're lucky neither will he aloe cadabra feel the magic happen the internet's
2: number one talk station number one talk station VoiceAmerica.com.
0: You can find more fabulous stuff by me, Jaya, at redhottouch.com. We've got lots of amazing videos, our new oral sex series, and I have a big announcement coming up where I'm going to release a new website. And on it you'll be able to play like a little game where you can discover what stage you're in sexually, like a sex stage. And I'm really excited about it because I feel like you know, sex isn't just something we do; it's part of who we are, and our sexuality ebbs and flows and changes in our life. So it made sense to me to make something that would serve people wherever they're at, and um, to honor that. So we're talking about cycles and stages and places in our lives, and I really believe that sec- our sexuality is something fluid that changes and, and grows with us as we go throughout our lives, and we can be in different stages at once. So look for that. I think maybe next week we may actually be releasing this out into the world. So, so excited. So in the meantime, visit me at redhottouch.com, and uh, you can put in your email, and I will definitely send you a notice as to when that new site is up and going so you can check it out. All right. So we're back with Ms. Sherry Winston, and we're going to get a little sexy and juicy here. And let's talk about sex specifically around the monthly cycle I know that a lot of guys out there sometimes feel really lost Sherry when they you know they do a technique and then they try it like a couple days later and that technique just doesn't work at all she's just not into it you know what what happens in the monthly cycle around sexual desire libido and the sensation that a woman might experience
1: well, as you've said already, it changes. It fluctuates. It's not the same. And so I think one of the challenges for guys is guys do tend to like formulas. You know they like to to do something, and when it works, they put it on the on the list of the things that work, and then they do it again, and it's really surprising when the it doesn't work. So it is great to notice what works, but you also have to notice really where your partner's energy is at and follow the energy because the techniques are just a means to an end. Really what you're going for is to create this amazing sexual energy. And since she is going to change at different times and be different at different times of her cycle, the best strategy is not to go with a formula or plan but really pay attention to her energy, to her responses. Because even though I can give you and I will give you what tends to happen at different times of the cycle, it'll still be different for different women uh, at different times of their lives on different months. But in general, most women, the peak of their libido is when they're fertile. And when we're at that fertile time of our cycle, which is usually mid-cycle, in between two periods that time of the month, usually we are horniest, we get most easily and quickly aroused, we often have our biggest and best orgasms, our vaginas are really juicy, we have lots of lube, not just vaginal lube, but the cervix, uh, when it's fertile, adds this wonderful, slippery, slick, extra sexy juice, so certainly that's the time of the month when we're fertile that We're we're hottest and wettest, and usually it's easiest to get us going. Um, The second peak of libido is during our period, and that's a tricky one because when we're bleeding, we've got increased blood flow to our pelvis and our uterus, which helps us get uh, turned on more easily. By the way, when women are pregnant, also that can be a time Um, where there's a lot more lube and juice and energy, um, again, because there's so much increased blood flow, although that's more variable. But here's the thing. The thing about our bleeding time is because women may not feel great about their blood, men might not feel so good about it, so there's a lot of social overlay about um, sex during your period. But Mm -hmm. if you decide to really love your body and love your bleeding and love your blood and uh, not let it be a turn off to you energetically and emotionally and mentally. Um, that can be a fabulous time of the cycle for women. Um, the blood itself does add extra lubrication. It makes everything wet, and uh, it can be a really sexy time of the month. And you know, I, I have to be a it. sex geek here, really quick, and interrupt you for one second, Sherry, because mm-hmm. I was talking about progesterone
0: earlier being like the reverse sex drive, sort of that mm-hmm. dip in our in our sex drives. And what's interesting is that when progesterone drops, that's what causes the bleeding to come on. So it's mm-hmm. it's interesting, you know, just saying that like the bleeding time is another peak in our our drive, it's because the progesterone just suddenly went like, boom, it dropped so that we would start our bleeding. So I have to throw that sex geek tip in there, little, little thing. Absolutely. <laughs> so um, you know, talking about lubrication, I just wonder, you know, so many people, I'm, I'm guilty of this as well, and I'm a sex educator, is that I don't use lube as much as, like, I'll be really wet one time and I'll just like, oh, I don't really need to use the lube, like, I don't need to really, really go for the lube, yes, I need to use the lube. So when are, when are times when women aren't lubricating necessarily, and is there anything they can do to combat that, or should we just reach
1: for the lube? Well, I think lube is a really fabulous thing and I'm a huge fan of lube. I think lube is great and, um, and it's wonderful to have it handy and slathered on whenever it seems like a good idea. I also think that we, we do need as women to make sure that we're as aroused as we need to be before we get to any kind of friction moves or penetration because sometimes our lack of lube is because we're not that turned on yet, and we should be very good guardians of our gate. and if we're not turned on enough for penetration um, to feel fabulous, then reaching for the lube isn't the answer. Getting more turned on is the answer, so I, I want to add that. But, but I think lube is a wonderful thing, and if you're not using latex, if you don't have to use latex barriers, I adore coconut oil. Mm -hmm. And if you are using latex or you want a water-soluble lube, there's wonderful natural lubes out there that we can get, wonderful organic things. So I'm a big fan of lube. And then particularly when we're at the drier time of our cycle, when we're postpartum and breastfeeding um, and postmenopausal, there are all times in our lives where um, no matter how turned on you are, you might not lubricate. I am mean, postpartum, it's like a desert down there. I remember mm-hmm. being shocked.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: Shocked. Yep. Uh, and Socks. it's
0: interesting, too, because you also get thinning, um, postpartum. I'm going through this right now, Sherry, where my vagina is thinning out and I'm not lubricating again. And, uh, you know, I thought I was doing really well, and then all of a sudden I started getting tears from the friction, and I think from not using enough lube, and, all that kind of stuff. So I'm dealing with that. That's what D love was joking earlier that I'm I might go celibate, and I'm actually thinking of just like going celibate for a little while, letting my body heal, and um, re- rediscovering my sexy and lube and all that kind of stuff in 28
1: days.
3: What do you think about well, that, Sherry? Should she stop having sex?
1: Well, I think having orgasms regularly is going to help um, with your hormonal balance and help keep you more not only lube but keep your vagina healthier but that doesn't necessarily mean sex with somebody else and it doesn't necessarily mean penetration so i would advise you to still have lots of orgasms even if you decide that you want to not have partner sex or uh, penetrative sex or anything that's going to cause friction so yeah let let your let everything heal but keep the energy going and that's going to help keep it keep you and your and your um, your parts lubricated uh, internally, and Keep the other my hoo-hoo thing... lubricated. Hmm. Keep my hoo hoo lubricated. Keep it lubricated, <laughs> and that, another thing. I'll just give another little coconut oil trick that women can do because coconut oil gets solid um, when it gets cool. You can actually take a, a slight, you know, a cold chunk of coconut oil. You can make little little sticks or little cubes of them, and you can put it inside. Mm -hmm. And this is great for women who are postpartum or postmenopausal um, so that you can actually put the lube inside and then it will melt inside your vagina and kind of lube from the inside um, as opposed to sort of when you're slathering it on, you tend to sort of slather it on the outside and around the opening, but you don't usually get that much way up inside you. So it's a great little trick you can use to get the lube inside. I love it. Lube ice cubes. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you, stick, you 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 pour the liquid coconut oil into an ice cube tray, stick it in your freezer just so it gets cold enough to get solid, then take it out and kind of cut each ice cube into like little sticks or cubes and then put them in a jar in your fridge. And they'll stay, you know, like little separate cubes. And then just before you go off for your little romp, you know, grab a couple cubes and, um, and pop them in there.
0: I love it. I absolutely love it. So,
1: Sherry, what are things that a woman's
0: partner can do in regards to understanding where she might be at throughout the month or sexually? Like, what are some, you know, we were talking, D-Love and I were joking earlier about, like, don't go up to her and be like, it's just your period or you're hormonal (laughs) or whatever. What are some things that our partners
1: can do to support us? Yeah, the cat will scratch you if you do that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's like when when a kid is cranky and you tell them they're cranky and they're crying. They're like, I am not cranky. So yeah, so so just telling them that is not usually well received. But but like I was saying before, um, women put your chart of your cycle somewhere where your partner can see it. Let your partner know where you are in your cycle. Partners tune into her cycle, know where she is, and then what we really need is to be treated more delicately in that you know the dark time of our cycle. As uh, Just before our period comes, in particular, when we're more fragile, so what do we need? We need more rest. We need to feel more nurtured and taken care of. We need to stay warm. We need to take it easy. Um, and both women and our partners um, should know that so that if, as the woman, you can go, "Oh." I shouldn't plan to have a big party on day 27 of my cycle. That's a really bad time to have a big party. Mm-hmm. That's like asking for a disaster in a way. Because, it's the auspicious right? time. Yeah, I, I made that mistake once. and I remember we were getting ready for the party, and I was yelling at my, at my well, my husband now. He was my husband then, and, and I'm yelling at him, and, and I'm realizing that, I don't want a house full of people tonight. Why am I having all these people over? And I look at my chart, and I realize, you know, it's the day before my period's going to come. I'm like, oh, of course. That was bad scheduling. Mm -hmm. So how can we make our lives easier and less stressful? So guys, help her with the kids. Make dinner. Um, Tell her to go take a bath and, and put her feet up. So those kinds of things. For both of us can really help. You can check out more about sherry at intimateartscenter
0: dot com and we'll be back with more when we return.
2: Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. it. VoiceAmerica.com.
4: Let's say you're female. Let's say you're over 50. Let's say your partner takes a little blue pill. Let's say he's ready to go maybe four hours. Let's say that's unfair. There's no little blue pill for women, but there aloe alo-cadabra. The first personal lubricant that's made from 95% organic aloe. So it's as natural as nature, which means it naturally does for your body what your body may no longer naturally do for itself. We're not saying that it will last four hours, but if you're lucky, neither will he. Aloe Kadabra. Feel the magic happen.
2: stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts VoiceAmerica.com you're tuned in to sex with jaya to ask the burning questions you've always wanted to ask or share a tip or comment of your own, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's one 866 472 Feeling shy? Send an email to Jaya at MissJaya.com. That's J-A-I-Y-A at MissJaya.com. Now back to Sex with Jaya.
0: I'm talking with the fabulous Ms. Sherry Winston, and she is an award-winning author.
1: Sherry, tell us a little bit about your award. I just want to hear about it. Okay, um, my book *Women's Anatomy of Arousal* won the 2010 Book of the Year Award from the American Association of Sex Educators, Counselors, and Therapists. Congratulations! Thank you. I'm really, I'm very, really, very, very proud of it, and and it's very validating about the information in this book which i like to say is just not available anywhere else so it's true you know i always say about your book it's the book i wish i would have written <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, well thank you that's a I've, great been, honor. i'm always glad that you wrote it because that may, meant i didn't have to and now i can <laughs> exactly. give it to my clients and be like here read this book it's fabulous ask me questions I have one guy, Sherry, he's so cute. He went and read your book, and he he went through, and he typed out notes of everything he wanted to ask me about. Like, he has quotes from you, and he's like, well, what does she mean by this? And I'm like, I'm so glad that I know Sherry, you know, like I, you know, taught with you, and we've worked together, that I can answer all his questions, so... (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, now I want to know what all those questions are. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's so funny. So
0: he was—he was actually asking me about cycles just the other day. You know, he's like, "Really?" You know, because I just wanted to know the formulas and the da da da. He's like, "Really?" Does it change that much? I'm like, "Yes." You—it's ca- about
1: attention. You know exactly what we were talking about earlier. So it, it does really change funny. that much. It does change that much. And the other thing is, it isn't even just our monthly cycle; it's our life cycles. You were talking about this before but you know i 've been uh, my my background is is over twenty years as a as a midwife and and in the world of birth and and i 'd been in that world for ten years before I had my son and so i 'd seen other women go through these cycles and go through the changes but until I went through it myself until I went through the changes of pregnancy and the postpartum breastfeeding part, which was shocking i mean just shocking in terms of of my lack of libido and and if I didn't know it was normal, I would have thought there was something wrong with me.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, would, you know, you know. I have a question for you, Sherry, just because yeah. I want to pick your brain about it.
0: Um, you know, women who are breastfeeding, after you stop breastfeeding, do your breasts ever go back to normal? They go back like to Like the normal. sensitivity and all that kind of stuff. Like,
1: you, you know, have my breasts be so sensitive
0: now I feel like I could pinch them with clothes pins and I wouldn't even feel it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: let's try well, that some, some women like that <laughs> <laughs> well they're going to get to a new normal and it might be different from your old normal um, but they will settle back into a new normal and um, what I found is I actually had a much better relationship with my breasts, I, I more fully owned them I was more comfortable with them I, I liked them better um, and in terms of sensitivity um there were some changes but that's gonna be really individual. But certainly they're not going to be the same breasts that your breastfeeding breasts are. Mm-hmm. So they'll be there'll be something different to to adjust to. Quick about about and I, I want to announce your website
0: one more time, which is com. You can go there, check out what Sherry has going on. She's going to launch a new site, too. That's very exciting. And you can get her book there, com. And then also, um, Sherry, I wanted to touch a little bit before we we go away because the show goes by so fast Uh if there was anything that uh, we can do speaking of you know like breastfeeding and hormones and these big life cycles but also the monthly cycle but is there anything we can do to kind of balance this all out so there isn't this big swing or do we just kind of accept that okay we embrace our hormones and we embrace these cycles
1: or is there anything we can do about them well there's a lot we can do although I do think it starts with embracing and being okay with the shifts and the waxing and waning, but also there are things that we can do. I think that um, there are some herbs that are wonderful. and I will just tell you my favorite herb for women is called Vitex, also called um, chaste berry or chaste tree uh, because in men, in priests used to use this because in men it reduces libido. But in women, what Vitex does is it helps balance your hormonal axis. So it helps your body do what it's supposed to do better. So it, doesn't, it isn't like taking progesterone or taking estrogen. It isn't like adding any one particular hormone. It's really just helping your hormonal system do its job. And so it can be great for regulating cycles and keeping things from getting um, outrageously swinging in one direction and another. So mm-hmm. it's a fabulous tonic herb that women can take over a long period of time that will just help things be... Um, a little less wild and it's it's a wonderful herb and then I just have to say the other thing is that in general it's often about self-care and everybody I know leads these crazy busy stressful lives and we're all running around and we don't get enough sleep or exercise or we don't eat right and, and um, that doesn't sound familiar to me at all no you wouldn't know anything about that um... <laughs> Uh, we're surrounded by artificial light. Our food supply is inundated with, uh, what we can call fake hormones, uh, chemicals that act in our body like hormones. So, there are so many lifestyle things we can do from getting enough sleep, taking days off, uh, especially at the times of our cycle when we're most delicate, uh, and as well as things like eating organic food, taking herbs that help nourish and and tone our system, uh, and so on and so forth. So all the things that we all know about but we may not do about taking care of ourselves. So Mm -hmm. all that self-care stuff is going to really make a difference in our cycles and and how wild they are or if it's a more smooth uh, journey that we go through. Mm -hmm. It's
0: interesting because self-care is so simple, (laughs)
1: <laughs> and it's so, it
0: seems like so common sense, but yet so many of us just don't do it. I mean, like, that's an action that, that's like a big common mistake people make, but it's an action that somebody could take right now. Like, literally anybody out there listening right now, any woman, any man who has a female partner can help support her. And mm-hmm. it's just like, what, and I'll pose this question to everybody, what's one thing you can do, like, tonight for self-care? And I'll say, my one thing I'm doing is, in the next hour, D-Love and I are having intimacy time and we're going out to dinner as adults. We have a babysitter. That's, <laughs> Yay. that's good for
1: my self-care. Good for um, you, and I, so, that's a really you know, good question to ask. What's the one? What's one thing you can do right now or tonight? Um, you know, this week, this month, this day. Mhm. Mhm. Mm-hmm. So, everybody, check out Sherry, dot You
0: know, Sherry and I are teaching a workshop. Together, the Super Sex Life Makeover Workshop on the East Coast. We're going to be in New York City. Um, and well, we're going go to be we're going to be in the
1: Catskills. We're going to be north okay. of New York City. North
0: of um, New York City
1: on the East Coast out there. Yep, and uh, it's fabulous. Mm hmm. Last
0: going
1: to be year fabulous. we did it on the West Coast. This year we get to do the East Coast.
0: Yes, and last year we had like so many amazing people just having massive breakthroughs with their relationships and their sex lives. So. It's awesome. Be sure to check it out. SupersexMakeover.com is the website for that. And, uh, you know, get on the list, or my list, or Sherry's list, and I'm sure you will hear about it. Um, cause we'll be sending out some emails about that probably soon a few, uh-huh. few months maybe uh, i have had a fantastic time with you today sherry it is always a pleasure to have you on the show again people can go to intimateartcenter.com dot com to check out everything sherry has going on get her book it's amazing one of my top tens on my list of all amazing reads for sex lives um <laughs> and D love thank you for being my partner and joining me today and being my co-host
3: you're so welcome
0: A little appreciation for you, a little love for you. you. I've had an awesome time. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Mm.
3: Thank you, Sherry. I've had
0: such an awesome time on Sex with Jaya today. I've enjoyed it thoroughly.
3: Have you? I've enjoyed Sex with Jaya.